Hey, good morning, Grace Church at Home. Happy Sunday morning. We're so glad that you're tuning in to join us. We want to spend some time worshiping with you. We've been praying for you this week, and we're so glad to be able to gather, even in the virtual world, to give our God praise this morning. Amen? Let's do it.
we thank you for your Holy Spirit, God, for your presence in this place. God, I pray for my friends wherever they are. Lord God, that you would meet them in a powerful way today. God, that you would fill their hearts with joy and with peace, with courage and strength as we continue to say yes to you and we face another day together. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Good morning, Grace Church. I'm Dylan. This is Paul. Hello. And we're just continuing our heart of worship with giving. We are so grateful for your generosity. Um, this week, we have partnered with the Federal Way School District to give 100 meals to families in need. And we are going to continue doing these, this as the school closures are in place. Um, but we just want to support our community. Yeah, and if you haven't given online before, but you'd like to, there's a really easy way you can go about doing that. You can text your gift amount to the number 84321. We're really excited to see how God's going to continue to use us during this time where there's a lot of needs and we need to be kind of creative about how we go about meeting those needs in our community. So, grab your Bible, grab a notebook, and let's get ready to hear today's message. Good morning! If you are part of our original OG Grace Church, we are so glad to be with you today. My name is Misty, if you're new with us, if you're new to the online uh, platform. Uh, I get the opportunity to lead this church with my husband, Omar, and can I just say, we miss you. We are so excited for the day that we can see you again. I almost feel like Paul in the early church, except, you know, I'm not in prison, I'm not in chains, and we're not being persecuted, but when he said, I eagerly await, that is how we feel. We are eagerly awaiting to be with you again, but I am excited for the word this morning. I believe that um, God is going to speak to you in a very profound way, so we're going to get right into it. Will you join me as we pray? Father, we thank you so much, God, that your word is fresh every single day. We thank you that you have something new for us today. And Lord, would we be open to receive it in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. Well, I, if you will, imagine with me for a minute a 16-year-old version of myself, all right? So 16 years old, I get my very first car. It's a Ford Taurus can't remember what year it was, hand me down from my parents to my sister to me. And with that car came three rules. Pay for your own gas, don't speed, and change your oil. Fast forward to about two years later, and I'm out with some friends uh, with my boyfriend at the time who happened to be Omar, and we had went into a restaurant. I was the one driving. It was my car. We come back out, time to go, and my car wouldn't start. So Omar jumps out, he goes and he gets, looks in the engine and he comes back around a few minutes later and says, um, Misty, when was the last time you changed your oil? My response was kind of a blank stare at first. And then I said, well, um, I haven't really had the oil change, but I did pour some oil in it one time. And with that became a first of many lessons from Omar about the importance of taking care of my car and why we cannot just pour oil into the engine, the engine will burn up. Now I'm sure there's a much better way to explain what will actually happen to the engine, but that's how I perceived it at that time. Why do I tell you this story? Because it reminds me of a time when Jesus taught his disciples, the other people around him, and is still teaching us today that we cannot mix the old with the new. 
but we need to fully replace the old with the new. We're going to get right into the word. If you would open your Bible to uh, Matthew 9, and we're going to read from nine, uh, Matthew chapter 9, 14 through 17. Then John's disciples came and asked him, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he was with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst. The wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved." Now, see, John's disciples here, first we need to understand who John's disciples were, all right? John the Baptist was assigned the commission, the assignment to prepare the way for the Lord. So John the Baptist and his disciples had accepted that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. However, they were really struggling with the fact that what Jesus was doing is not what they expected Jesus to do. See, they thought that Jesus was going to bring a new kingdom on earth right then at that time as they were under the Roman government. So they were trying to wrap their mind around what is Jesus doing and why is he not following the same customs and traditions that we have at this time. One of those things was fasting. Now, you might have been with us um, a few months ago when Pastor Omar preached on fasting. And if you missed that, I encourage you to listen to it. All right. But here Jesus was saying to them, you don't need to fast. They don't need to fast because I'm here. I'm present with them. But there will be a time when I will be gone and they will need to fast. So here, these disciples are trying to wrap their mind around what was actually happening. And Jesus is trying to get them to understand that I came to fulfill the law. Matthew 5, 17 says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. See, Jesus was doing something new that they had never seen before. And it really bothered them. Now, if we're honest with ourselves, just as these disciples, John's disciples, were putting themselves in the same category as a Pharisee, right? They said, why are you not fasting like the Pharisees and us? And if we are honest with ourselves, I think that we can find a little bit of Pharisee in each one of us. We can so often look at someone or something, and it's not the way that we think it should be, so therefore it must be wrong. So here we see that Jesus responded with this. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. What does this mean? I love that Jesus gives us two parables here. Uh, some might relate to the sowing. Some might relate to the wine. To each their own, right? We know that if you were to sew a patch on unshrunk cloth, I'm not a sewer, but I understand the concept of what they're saying here. Once it's washed, the tear will be made worse, right? 
This would be the same as if trying to put new oil in the engine without properly changing the oil or the engine will burn. Then Jesus goes into the wineskin. Now let's take a minute here and understand what wineskins really are. So back in the day, after the wine uh, was went through the process that it needed to be with the grapes and the crushing and all that, they would take animal skin, usually goat skin, cut off the legs and the tail, pour the wine in, cut off the neck, and sew it together. Are you a little grossed out yet? Pretty gross, right? Pretty gross. But that's the way they, they did it back then. And then it would hang from something, right? And it would begin to stretch as the gases from the wine fermenting it would stretch out. So what they're saying here, what the word is saying is that if you were to then use that wineskin again, it would not be able to stretch because it's already stretched. The pressure would cause the skin to burst. So the question is, well, how does that relate to my spiritual life? If you have a relationship with Jesus, I want you to, to do something with me for a minute. Close your eyes and think about the preconceived ideas that you had about God before you entered into a relationship with Jesus. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I would ask you the same thing. What do you think about God? Who do you think God is? See, when we give our lives to Christ, Christ says we become a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. When Jesus shared this parable, people's lives were being flipped upside down. They had a very specific way of what they thought life would be like when the Messiah came. And the reality of what was happening was contradicting everything that they thought that they knew. Their thoughts and their reality of what Jesus was doing were in conflict. They were filled with fears and anxieties. But in order to fully receive God, in order to fully receive who Jesus is and was, they had to let go of their original way of thinking. They had to let go and allow God to do something new because Jesus was doing a new thing. The wineskin can represent salvation. Jesus cannot simply be added to a work-based religion. Jesus wants a relationship. Jesus is saying here that just as wine needs a new container, our spiritual life will require a new way of thinking. The old way will no longer suffice for the things that Jesus brings into a person's life. If we keep holding on to those old ways, We'll try to make sense of it, but we will not be able to. We must embrace the new that Jesus has for us and not try to stick to the old. It will not work. The word of God will not be active in our life if we hold on to those old things. If in your heart you're still thinking of God as this all-punishing God who's waiting to strike lightning on you, you might have faith, but you also have fear. And not the kind of fear that is a reverence and an awe of God, but a fear of this punishing God. And we can try to patch that fear with faith, but it won't work. If we merely try to patch it, it will tear away. In other words, 
we need to let go of the old way of thinking and allow God to give us the new way. So often we'll try to fit things in our life that in reality they just need to go. It's old. And for often, oftentimes, for Christians, it is our way of thinking. Maybe you just simply can't see yourself the way that God sees you. You're too hard on yourself. You're still looking at the old things. Jesus is saying to you today, remember, I've made you new. I've made you new, Jesus says. No longer do you have to go back to those ways. I have a new thing for you, new love for you, new grace for you, new mercy for you. He has a new wineskin for you specifically. It might not look the way that you think it's going to look. In fact, I would say it, it's not going to look the way you think it's going to look. But when we are open to the new that God has for us, we will receive it in a very powerful way. It's during times like this that we need to cling to the Lord's word, that we need to allow him to renew our mind day by day. Isaiah 43, 18 says this, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I believe with the new wineskin, Jesus is asking us to have a new faith, to trust him like never before. I have to believe that people are watching today that are struggling and trusting in God. Things are so out of your control right now. I encourage you to lay down your preconceived ideas of what you think should be happening. Some of you who have been hurt from past relationships or past churches, you're just now saying, I'm going to listen to this, to this service. I'm going to be a part of this service online. And the Lord is wanting to make new in you something that you thought was, was gone. But God's saying, I'm making you new. What you thought about church, what you thought about me, it's not matching up because I am a God of love. I am a God of grace. I am a God of the new. Jesus is saying today that it's time to surrender. It's time to surrender those things that, that maybe you've been carrying on. See, when we're in a situation like this, when we're under pressure and we are out of so much control, there's so many things happening that we have no control over, that the things that have been in our heart for a long time begin to come out. That might be anxiety. That might be fear. That might be anger. Are you finding yourself responding to situations that you could be responding differently to? When you go to the store and someone's taking all the things, are you responding in anger or are you responding in compassion? See, it's during this time that we as Christians need to allow the God to make us new. We need to allow God to refine us and to get rid of those things that have been there for a while but are just now coming to the surface. And instead of trying to patch them up with faith, we need to release them and let God make us new. I've asked Christy to come and, and sing um, a song called New Wine for us. And really, this is her singing it over you. So I invite you to, 
Just close your eyes in your home right now and allow the Lord to speak to you as he is doing a new thing. And there is something so incredible for you from Jesus. So as she sings this song, would you receive from the words this morning? to continue to minister to you this week. As we're in this season, things are very different. This is when our faith is truly tested. It's not about showing up at church on a Sunday morning, but it's about living our day-to-day life in the presence of Jesus, allowing him to renew us and make us new every day. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for all of our friends that are watching this morning, God. And Lord, I ask that as they continue to seek you and they continue to surrender the things in their life, God, that they've been holding on to from their old self or their preconceived ideas of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, Lord, that they would lay those things down and that they would pick up your love, your truth. God, that you would wash over them with your grace. 
Lord, that they would remember that they are a new creation in you, that there is nothing uh, that is ahead of them that you are not aware of and that you will give them and us everything that we need to walk forward. Lord, we ask that our friends would experience you in their homes in this season like never before, that they would receive the new thing that you are doing. We love you, Jesus. We thank you. And we give ourselves to you. In your mighty name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. We love you. We are praying for you. And we look forward to seeing you again next Sunday.